see more innovation in packaging and processing at Pack Expo International than anywhere else in the world. It's the show that defines where the industry is headed, with the solutions that define where your business can go. Discover cutting-edge packaging technology, processing equipment, new materials, sustainable solutions, supply chain resources, and much, much more. You'll walk away with innovative solutions to challenges big and small. Register at PackExpoInternational.com. You're listening to Unpacked with PMMI, where we share the latest packaging and processing industry insights, research, and innovations to help you advance your business. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Unpacked with PMMI. I'm your host, Sean Riley. Unfortunately, I think it's safe to assume that most listeners either know someone who has been hacked or have been hacked themselves. There is no end to the evolving sophistication of bad actors in the cyber world, and now they've turned their attention to our food producers. Fortunately for us, the Food and Agriculture Information Sharing and Analysis Center, or AG-ISAC, has proactively convened to help food and beverage processing companies in the event of a cyber attack. Scott Algier and Paul Hirschberger joined the pod to discuss how companies like ConAgra, PepsiCo, and Oracle have come together to share information to help prevent, or when necessary, help food and beverage processing under attack and restore their cyber health. So with all the fancy introductions out of the way, I'd like to welcome two guests to the podcast today. First, we have Scott Algier. Welcome, Scott. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, the pleasure's all mine. And we also have Paul Hirschberger. Hi, thank you. So I'm an avid reader of Pro Food World, so so I've been following this for a bit. Um, but for our listeners who who are completely in the dark about this and they're and they're finding out about this for the first time, let's let's see if we can explain it up front. What is the food and ag ISAC, and why did it go away to begin with? Sure. The, the Food and Agriculture ISAC is an information sharing organization for food and agriculture companies. It is designed for uh, cyber threat intelligence and really all hazards threat intelligence sharing among food and agriculture companies. Uh, there's a team of analysts that curates and delivers analytic products on a daily basis to the, to the members and the member companies, their analysts get together uh, regularly to share information about threats that they're seeing, uh, mitigations that they're implementing, uh, best practices that they that they can collaborate on developing, uh, and and best practices that they can deploy within their environments. Uh, so it, it's a trusted forum uh, for companies to share and receive threat intelligence about a range of. Uh, threats facing the industry. All right. With that being said, why is now in particular a crucial time to bring back the food and agriculture ISAC? I think when I, when you look at some of what's been happening in the broader industry and, and really the level of awareness that is just coming about around the need for that tighter collaboration across the industry, you see it in both the industry participants looking for ways to engage, but you also see a little bit more of the attention from, you know, government agencies and, and looking at some of the regulatory space 
you know, there just seemed like this was the right time to reestablish as an ISAC. And, you know, when I say reestablishing as an ISAC, you know, we've had a group of food and agriculture companies that have been operating for the past 10 years, uh, collaborating and sharing threat information as a special interest group within the IT ISAC. So it's not that we're starting from scratch. We actually have an operational model that's up and running. And we've had about, you know, two dozen companies that have been doing this for, for a while now. So when you look at the desire and actually interest across the market, it just made sense to kind of reestablish that group as an ISAC now. Okay. So so it, it, there has been people, there has been companies involved in um – doing this sort of quietly, but now we've sort of expanded the reach a little bit. Absolutely. Okay. Reach and visibility, I'd say. Yeah, that's fair to say, because, yeah, the, definitely the visibility. So I guess the thing that is is forefront on my mind is why are food companies suddenly ripe for cyber attacks? Like, I, I'm not sure how I understand how bad actors are benefiting with with attacking food companies in particular. Yeah, well... I think it's important to recognize that all critical infrastructure sectors are being targeted by attacks. So there's mm -hmm. really no company that's immune to, to an attack. And whether you're being targeted or whether you're uh, a, a random victim of a large scale attack that you know, it doesn't necessarily target you or anyone specifically, but just a, it's a moneymaker attack, uh, any company um, is at risk. So it's, it's not as though the food and agriculture industry is um, uniquely being targeted. Uh, that being said, I, I think there's a, there, are a couple, there are a couple trends impacting security within the food and agriculture industry. Uh, the, key, the, the key one is that the technology is being increasingly integrated into modern farming. Uh, thanks to technology, we're able to create more yields, um, we're able to create more products mm -hmm. um, more efficiently. So the technology has changed agriculture. Um, this integration is great, but there's lots of efficiencies, uh, but it also creates a larger attack surface. So the fact that there is such a large, uh, there is a larger attack surface now because of the integration in technology is um, one reason why there's, uh, there's some risk to the industry. I think the other is there's just bad actors out there. There's different bad actors are targeting different companies for different information using different means. Right. Um, and we are able to track and monitor these actors so that the companies can, can defend themselves. Some of these actors are looking for financial gain. Um, mm -hmm. Some of them are uh, after intellectual property. So I think it's a combination of the increased technology as well as the, the there's different motivations of specific uh, adversaries. Very interesting. Yeah, and and especially you know those financially motivated ones. I mean mm -hmm. they they understand markets and they do their own research to to look at where they have high probabilities of finding people who will pay ransoms. Uh, one of the key things that they've been doing over the years has been looking at how do they actually look at supply chain and supply chain vulnerabilities and, and start kind of stepping into different sectors, looking at how they can target 
critical pieces of supply chains. Because if you hit something that, that other companies are dependent upon, you're going to increase your likelihood that there's going to be a payout there. So they understand the way markets work and they try to target um, where they feel that they can actually be profitable. So it's, it's, way more sophisticated than the the idea of a person in a in a hooded sweatshirt somewhere you know attacking a computer like this is a network that is researching and and looking into places that they're going to potentially attack yeah threat actors they they are very organized they they do their own homework right and i think one thing in addition to being very well organized in addition to doing their own homework they also share and collaborate with each other, right? They, they, they serve as force multipliers. They hire people for skill sets that they don't necessarily have themselves. Um, so they're, they're collaborating in, in cyberspace, right? They're collaborating to, to launch their attacks, which makes a forum such as the Freedom Agricultural Act so essential, right? The, 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 uh, the attackers are collaborating. Uh, the, the defenders need to collaborate as well. That's fascinating. I, I just never thought of it at that that depth and that level where you say they're literally hiring particular people who have a, a specific skill set for you know hacking into to someone's system like that. Yeah, it, it really is a it's a business. Yeah. Um, right. And again, those who are out there to make money, mm-hmm. um, it's a business for them. And then there are those you know, nation state actors who deploy different tactics and different techniques against different enterprises for different different purposes. And what the Fruiting Agriculture ISAC enables the companies to do is to, to track these these actors, track their techniques, track their procedures, so then we can deploy effective mitigations against it. Because no one company can analyze all this information on its own. No one company can be up to date on all of these actors. Um, so pulling these resources, it serves as a force multiplier for the industry defenders. Wow, it's it's kind of overwhelming. So so I guess from, with that in mind, in the event of an attack, how does the Food and Agriculture ISAC, how do you get involved? How do you how do you jump in and try to help? That's a great question. Uh, of course, the, the first goal is to try to provide information so that companies reduce the likelihood of them being attacked, right? Um, we, we provide vendor neutral analysis vendor neutral threat intelligence to these companies so that they can try and uh, minimize the risks and take the, the, the appropriate defensive actions. But in the case that there is an, a successful attack or someone experiences an incident, uh, there are several ways that the Food and Ag ISAC can help. Um, remember, it's member companies voluntarily share information. So they would have to voluntarily share the incident with us and provide indicators of compromise or provide details about the attack that they're willing and able to share. Um, and then we're able to, A, serve as an early warning network for 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 the other fruiting agriculture companies. Hey, we've seen this attack, be on the lookout for this. Uh, but B, we serve as a, to help the company in, in the attack. And when I say we help the company that's experiencing the attack, we're not deploying a team to help them fend off an attack. The analysts within the Food and Ag ISAC member companies can share their knowledge with the uh, with the company that's experiencing the incident. Yes, we've seen this before. This is what you need to do to, to block the attack. Um, we saw something similar last week. This is how we did it. This is how we how we mitigated it. Uh, have you tried 
adjusting this setting, right? Uh, maybe that will stop the attack for you. Um, so th there are the team of analysts from the Fruiting Agriculture ISAG member companies uh, serve again as its force multiplier. They, they serve as an extra team of analysts that's available to these uh, companies when they're experiencing an, an incident. Uh, so a, a company can, even if it's not a full scale incident and they're not exactly sure what it is, they're saying, hey, this happened today, uh, hasn't happened before, not sure what it is. Has anyone else experienced that? And then there's a whole team of analysts that's waiting there to help you. Well, that, that, that seems super helpful. I mean, that, that's, <laughs> that's a lot that you just laid out there that people are doing when they jump in like that, which is, which is wonderful to hear. So I guess you touched on a lot of it, but does each food and agriculture ISAC company monitor their cybersecurity independently or are there standard tools to make it easier for members to communicate? Is, is there sort of a, a standard operating practices that are already out there or is it all just sort of reactionary to what's happening? Yeah, so uh, I, I think the short answer is each member company has their own tools that they deploy, and we, through the Food and Agriculture ISAC, we provide uh, a suite of tools as well to the member companies, but those are easily plugged into, into their internal environments. So the companies are responsible for monitoring their own networks, but we provide tools that enable them to, to send them indicators and other analysis that they can uh, easily ingest into their into their environments. But I, I think Paul can probably serve uh, can provide some better examples as to how member companies actually take value out of their ISAC out of their ISAC membership. Yeah, and, and to to Scott's point, you know, one of the biggest things from like a tooling perspective is the Foodnag ISAC provides a platform that companies can connect to for intelligence sharing. It's not the active monitoring, it's not kind of hunting in those environments, but it's the conduit to share the things that everyone else is seeing. Uh, so we talked about you know, the, the value of as an industry coming together and sharing that information. It's truly about how do you plug in and be fast with how you are able to capture intelligence, feed it into the platform, and then disseminate it out to all the other companies. Because when you think about the speed of attacks, the speed of attacks are, are I mean, you have to move fast to stay ahead of them. Mm -hmm. And you have to move fast to share what you learn so other organizations can stay ahead of them. That's where the ISAC comes into play and the tooling that is available through the ISAC is exactly that platform for intelligence sharing, not incident monitoring, not incident response, but intelligence sharing. You don't have to be a highly mature company to take advantage of the tool sets that we offer and the intelligence that we provide. Not every company is going to be able to automate the consumption of indicators into their environments. So our team of analysts provide daily reports to member companies as well. Uh, weekly reports, um, and then incident-specific reports, highlighting the threat environment, pro providing analysis on specific incidents and, and attacks, so that even if you're not a highly sophisticated enterprise with the uh, uh, tools to automate the 
uh, ingestion of indicators, you still have actionable intelligence that you can use and take back to your enterprise. So the fruit and agriculture ISAC is not designed just for the large, largest fruit and agriculture companies in the world. It's designed for them and small, medium-sized businesses. Uh, we curate the intelligence to the to the different segments of our of our membership. So you do not have to be uh, one of the largest fruit and agriculture companies in the world to receive cyber threat intelligence from the Fruit and Ag ISAC or to get value from the intelligence that's being shared through it. And, and that's a good point, Scott, because, you know, I was thinking about kind of the automated sharing to it, but, oh, by the way, we, we have a chat channel, but that channel is open to the members of the Food and Ag ISAC, and all you have to do is you have a question, you throw it in there, or if you see something unusual, you throw it in there, and it's open for the, the community to kind of consume that and, and chime in with the conversation as well. Very cool, because that was actually what I was going to sort of put a, a, a button on it by asking how to how do companies, you know, the smaller or the mid-level companies find out, you know, this information or, or where do they go to, to get more information on the, the food and agriculture ISAC? Yeah, the, it's a great question. Thank you for that. So the, the website is foodandag-isac.org. Um, we also have a guide specific for small and medium sized businesses uh, that you, that's available on the website. We developed a cybersecurity guide for small and medium sized enterprises um, to try and drive security, improve security practices throughout the, throughout the sector. Um, it's um, it's an easy to implement guide. It's a low to no cost implementation. Um, and for companies who are, are trying to build, uh, trying to figure out how they can improve their cybersecurity posture. Uh, so it's it's a great resource for, for uh, specifically for small medium sized enterprises. However, um, as we just noted, I think companies of all sizes can take advantage of analysis and the intelligence that's being shared through the uh, fruiting ag ISAC, and especially um, you know the, the having access to the analysts from the other member companies. There's a team of people um, that understand what you're dealing with, and they understand the fights. And they're they're willing to help. I mean, there's, there's, everyone's in the same boat. We, nobody has enough resources in this space, uh, so the the it is much more expensive to defend than it is to attack. Yeah. So engaging with uh, peers provides a really cost-effective way for for you to for you to defend your enterprise. Well, that's awesome, and th- and this was awesome. I, I I learned things that I didn't know even even having a little bit of background um, from, from reading um, Michael Costa from Pro Food World's um, interview with you about this, Scott. So I just want to take um, the time now to thank both of you for taking time out of what I know are busy days. So um, thank you, Scott, and thank you, Paul, for coming on here and uh, sharing this with our listeners. No, thank you very much. It's, been, it's great to be here. Yeah, thank you. Please rate, review, and subscribe. To do that, Go to the iTunes podcast or Spotify app on your phone and search for Unpacked with PMMI.